Welcome back. It's the No House Advantage NFL Strategy Show as we get you ready for Thursday night football. A couple of bigger name teams. We'll see if the game lives up to it as we're dealing with COVID striking once again, in this case, more so on the sidelines than actually on the field. But we have a lot to factor in. The good news is that you don't have to lock anything in quite yet on No House Advantage. We're going to force Greg Ehrenberg, however, to lock a couple of plays in early on as we're back to look at this Thursday night game. Tyler is producing. Make sure you say hi in the chat after you hit that thumbs up button and you are subscribed. Greg, how are you, my friend? Uh, doing better than these players because we've got almost every, it looks like we got a quarterback change coming for, for the Saints. And then in terms of players, you know, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, neither of them played last week. They're both officially questionable. Then you look at the wide receiver core and we've got Amari Cooper. He's questionable to play for Dallas, although it seems like a lot of these guys are trending in, tour, in the direction of playing. But yeah, once again, another Thursday night game where we've got a pretty extensive injury report. It seems like it's every week. And granted, I get it short week and it's going to lend the nature of this game. Anyway, guys are going to be hurt. But I feel like even a day before the game actually kicks, you and I are talking about a ton of scenarios where it's like, hey, if player A plays, you do this. If player B is out and it's always compounded into almost a parlay of circumstances. Yeah, well, one thing that's good, at least, though, for this game is that both these teams played on Thanksgiving. So it's actually not a short week for either of them. Uh, it just doesn't apparently matter when it comes to the injury report. <laughs> All right, man. So we've got a couple of different positions, as we always do, to go through and use that promo code. If you're just joining us, it's above Greg's head there. It's awesome. A-W-E-S-E-M-O. You put in 25 and we'll match 25 as well on No House Advantage. Let's look at running backs and definitely the bigger names here across the board. We still have Kamara as questionable. Ingram is locked in here. But again, we have to wait and see what happens more so with Kamara. Let's start with Dallas. At least we have some clarity there from a health standpoint. We have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. The numbers are a little different. So let's start with Zeke. 60 and a half rushing yards, a half rushing touchdown, essentially yes or no for a rushing touchdown. Either of those jump out at you. Uh, a little bit on the over for rushing yards. We haven't projected for 65 and a half. And then something else to consider is just, you know, look at the game script of this game. The Saints, they look terrible on Thanksgiving. They're also pretty banged up right now. Taysom Hill likely going to be starting quarterback. Simeon was a total disaster in the time that he was at quarterback, especially last week. But ultimately, I do think the Cowboys are a better team. They're favored in this spot, even though they're on the road. So I think they set up pretty well from be running the ball in the fourth quarter. So it's not a line that's massively off, but just because of what the game script is, uh, give me Ezekiel Elliott. And then, sorry, one more point. I, I thought I was going to wrap it up there, but there was one more thing that, that came to me is last week we saw a little bit of a, of a reduction in workload for Zeke Elliott, but he was dealing with a sore knee. They had just played on Sunday, and they're playing again on Thursday. He knows the full week off. Like we said at the top of the show, even though this is a Thursday night game, both of these teams played last Thursday, so it's the full week off. So I expect Zeke to be healthier this week than he was last week. It's going to be the overruns rushing yards. All right, so we also have Tony Pollard, who has been a factor in the offense, no matter what's going on with Zeke, if Zeke's out there or not. And you mentioned the game script is definitely going to play into this role here. And I love how casually and accurately you just throw Trevor Simeon into the dumpster because <laughs> it was brutal to see that. With that said, Tony Pollard, a little bit more manageable in the rushing yards, 45 and a half rushing yards. Looking at it, you know, he's been hovering around that number, probably more so on average than not last couple of games. Receiving yards, this is one we can work with here that we didn't have with Zeke, is 15 and a half. He's gone over that four straight games I'm looking at. 
Yeah, uh, so I think the rushing yards is pretty accurate, but give me the over for Tony Pollard on the receptions. Now, uh, receiving yards, so this is maybe not the best game script for them to have to throw the ball to Tony Pollard, but like you said, he's kind of been involved in that part of the game regardless anyway. They use him more in the passing game than they do Zeke, and then something else with Tony Pollard also. He's so explosive and such a big play threat that he might hit the over on just one on just one reception, which is also something if you look at the last four weeks, he's had catches of 32 yards, 19 yards, 14, 30. So, you know, it's pretty realistic to think he could have one 20 yard catch that's going to hit the over there. Also, like you said, he's been over that number in recent weeks, the last four games, 32, 20, 56, 32 receiving yards. And then even weeks before that, 22, 28 with a, with a one yard receiving game uh, mixed in there. So, Tony Pollard has been hitting the over basically every single game over the last month and a half. So I think that number is too low. I'm curious, before we even look at numbers, what do you anticipate is going to happen with Alvin Kamara? I think he probably plays. He practiced yesterday. He hadn't been practicing recently. I didn't see an update yet for today, and maybe that would change my opinion. But at least as of now, I still have to take the questionable tag seriously. I think he's more likely to play than sit. But I think that Taysom Hill is going to have a pretty significant impact on Kamara at the same time. All right. So let's look at that. Now we have four different ways in which we can attack Kamara. And again, we remind you each and every week here, you can only choose one. So follow Greg's advice here on which has a little bit more room for you to work with as opposed to And Again, we have projections on site. Alex and company have built up everything for no house advantage in these tournaments here. So use them by all means. Kamara's at 45 and a half rushing yards. 25 and a half receiving yards. We also have him at three and a half receptions and the yes or no a half for a rushing, not anytime, but rushing touchdown. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting looking numbers there. And by the way, we need to know that Alvin Kamara is in. None of this matters if he doesn't play. Right. If, he, if, he's if he doesn't, yeah, exactly. If, he, if he's out, just to remind everybody something that eight time that I bring up pretty, pretty commonly when we do the show every week is no house advantage just because somebody's out. It doesn't mean the unders are a win. They're a loss. If somebody's out, it's, it's yes, the equivalent of somebody scoring. Out. Yeah, no, it's the equivalent of zero fantasy points in a DFS lineup. So uh, don't play him in any sort of situation. If he's out here now, if he's in, that's a really low rushing yard number and the receptions it would seem low at first glance, but you have to go back to last year when Taysom Hill was a quarterback. And by the way, I'm assuming Taysom Hill is going to be starting quarterback for the Saints this week. Uh, so far, we have seen Simeon take the reps with the with the backup squad and then the starters. Taysom Hill has been practicing with them. So that would lead me to think that it's going to be Alvin Kamara, who is the starting running back. Now, if you go back to last year when Taysom Hill was the starting quarterback for the Saints, Kamara was barely getting targeted in the passing game. We see the stretch from weeks, um, or, well, I don't know the exact weeks, but November 22nd, November 29th, December 6th. These were all games that Taysom Hill started at quarterback. In those games, Alvin Kamara, one target, zero receptions, two targets, one reception, three targets, two receptions. This was just not something that was part of Taysom Hill's repertoire. So assuming that he's going to be the starting quarterback, I like the under for receptions for Alvin Kamara in terms of the rushing yards. I think we take the over there as well, just because the number is so low and they're going to want to get Alvin Kamara touches. If they're not going to be coming in the passing game, it's going to come on the ground. So uh, I like the over for the rushing yards. I like the under for the receptions. All right. So we only have one prop here for Ingram, who's technically questionable listed, at least on the NHA tournament here as well. So all of this is contingent on health, but let's look at Ingram, assuming he's playing clearly, but we have, one basically two ways, pardon me, Greg, to look at this. 
it's 35 and a half rushing yards. So you have the over under there, but it's also 35 and a half rushing yards over under if Kamara's playing or if Kamara's out. And I'm sure that's going to drastically impact whether or not you're playing this prop. Yeah. And I think this is a really simple value proposition. If Kamara's in, I love the under there. We currently have Mark Ingram projected for 17 rushing yards. That's assuming right now in our projections that Kamara and Ingram both play. Now, if Kamara is out, I would expect Mark Ingram to be projected somewhere in the neighborhood of like 70 rushing yards. He's been somebody who's played a, a massive role in the in the couple of games that he's been starting a running back and Kamara has been out. So really simple one. I'm going to like a Mark Ingram prop, assuming he's in, because like we said, he's also officially questionable, expected to play though. But if Alvin Kamara is out, Look at the overs for Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara's in. Look at the unders for Mark Ingram. Let's move to the quarterback spot. We have a bunch of wide receivers to get to, and thankfully there aren't any Mac Holland <laughs> scenarios here that we have to justify in here. But let's talk about the quarterback spot. We'll get the easy one out of the way first, and that's Dak Prescott. No surprises here. Health pending, of course. He's also, for those following along on NHA, you'll see the questionable tag there. Expected to go the 290.5 passing yards, 2.5 passing touchdowns, and the yes, no prop at a half interceptions. Any of these, Greg? Uh, yeah, so I think the under for passing yards looks good. I think the under for touchdowns also looks good, but I lean more towards the under for passing touchdowns. It's a really high number, two and a half. And also, we talked about the reasons like the overall rushing yards for Zeke Elliott earlier. It's because this game script ultimately sets up favorably for the Cowboys to be running the ball. So Dak Prescott, if you look at sports books where there is going to be juice, you know, you'll be looking at Dak Prescott under two and a half touchdowns is like minus 220, minus 240, something like that. Here, we're just looking at a yes or no proposition. So Dak Prescott, I do like the under for passing yards, but I'm much stronger. I have a preference towards the under for touchdowns and we can only take one for each guy. So uh, when I was looking at Alvin Kamara, there was a few that I liked and I think you can mix in different ones. But for Dak Prescott, I would just be sticking with the under for two and a half passing touchdowns. Now we have three here to work with when it comes to Taysom Hill. And all lower numbers, as you can imagine, except maybe the touchdowns here, 190 and a half for passing yards. It's going to be difficult outside of that stretch where he was throwing. I mean, he didn't really have much where he was throwing consistently recently at all. So you've got 190 and a half passing yards. You've got the one and a half passing touchdowns and the a half interception here. To be fair, he only, he's only have one interception. <laughs> Not that he's thrown the ball a ton, but he only has one interception all year. Yeah, I don't expect that to uphold because, I mean, the reason it's, it's easy to not throw interceptions. We don't throw the football, right? So Taysom Hill this year, you know, how many how many pass attempts does he have this year? Eight. Eight? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, pretty, pretty crappy ratio there. But let's go back to last year. And last year, Taysom Hill threw actually didn't throw that many interceptions last year. Two interceptions on 121 attempts. Like you said, this year, eight on one for his career. He has 142 pass attempts. He's thrown four interceptions. We haven't projected for 0.77 interceptions. I certainly have to think he's more likely to throw an interception than not in this spot. Taysom Hill, not a prolific passing quarterback. He's capable of running the football. Would have definitely been interested to see any kind of rushing props we that we would potentially have there. But it looks like that's not going to be a choice here. Yeah. The passing yards, that's such a low number. It's not that hard to hit the over, but he's such a poor passer that it's really hard for me to buy into it. So give me give me the over 0.5 interceptions. That appears to be the one most likely to hit. I'm curious. What do you think the ceiling would be for attempts in a game script that I, I'm totally subscribing to the one that you laid out earlier, which is the Cowboys are up. They're definitely in a position to run this game out, especially on Thursday night football. Not a short week for them in, in this case, but they're still on the road here. How do you what's the ceiling you think for attempts for Hill 
25. Like, I would be absolutely floored if we saw a game tonight, or pardon me, Thursday night, where Taysom Hill's throwing for 38 times, something, even if they're down 14 to 17 points. Funny you bring up the 38 number. How many pass attempts would you guess that Taysom Hill had in his last start at quarterback? Last start? Yeah, last well, start now, at quarterback. Now I feel like it's weighted, so I'm going to guess 38. It is 38, oh. and... The team was the Philadelphia Eagles. This is information you should have been equipped with. Well, they beat the Eagles. No, they they lost to the Eagles. Oh, that was the Taysom Hill start game. I thought that that, uh, you see, I blacked a lot of last year out. (laughs) Four and 12, right? So, yes. Yeah, well, that was one of the Eagles' wins was they beat the they beat the Saints with, with Taysom Hill starting quarterback. But, yeah, Taysom Hill threw the ball 38 times in that game. So, in terms of what's the actual ceiling, yeah, I think we could potentially see Taysom Hill throw the ball a bunch of times in this game if the Cowboys are ahead. All right, so let's move on. We've got a couple there to pick from, and really for Prescott, it was much easier of a decision. Now we have a bunch of wide receivers, and again, depending on where you want to work on this, we only have seven slots in the NFL. It's not like the NBA where you get those extra three slots to work with, so from seven down to one, depending on how confident you are here at this position. Let's tackle Dallas first. We'll hit New Orleans next because, again, I think the Saints just present a little more difficulty or a little trickier per se, with a quarterback spot. Cedric Wilson is first up, Gallup and Lamb. So it's going to get easier as we go here. Wilson's at 20 and a half receiving yards, only one and a half receptions. Reception seems a little tricky, but receiving yards seems a little low. I think it's a little high, especially if Amari Cooper is going to be back. Because, I mean, if if we're going to have a full, just a full receiving core available for the Dallas Cowboys, then you're looking at CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Dalton Schultz all getting targets over Cedric Wilson. Then not to mention, I would be surprised if Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard also get more targets than Cedric Wilson. So it's a low number, and I'm usually a little hesitant to be confident in a low number. But uh, and once again, we need updates on the Cowboys receivers. It's assumed right now by me that Amari Cooper is going to be playing. If that changes and Amari Cooper's out, then I would look at this differently. But assuming he's in, yeah, give me the under on Cedric Wilson there. All right, on both, right? 20 and a half or just the receiving guards? Um, I, I would say for receiving yards, I mean, it's easy to get to two catches, although I right. guess for the low receiving yard total as well. But yeah, we have, I, I think the receiving yards looks a little more favorable. Okay. Gallup is going to be in a similar situation, except he's expected to be a little bit more involved, even with the return of everybody there. So his numbers understandably would bump up and they're at 50 and a half receiving yards, three and a half receptions. So based on how you laid out with Wilson, they've extended this a little bit here for Gallup, but still may be difficult to get to 50 and a half receiving yards with all the targets going around. Yeah, and the other thing, too, I think we have to talk about when we're just looking at odds of a player being over or under their projection. We have Michael Gallup projected for right around 50 yards, but you have to keep in mind the kind of game that Michael Gallup plays. So Gallup could be projected for an average of 50 receiving yards, but because his numbers are so variant, that means for Michael Gallup, you're going to get games like here are his last three games, 106 receiving yards, 44, 42. And that's kind of what you're going to see from Michael Gallup is, is he's either going to go under his number or go way over. But the percentage of time that he goes under that number is more likely than the over. So 
it doesn't matter if Michael Gallup goes out. I mean, it matters obviously in terms of win loss. If Michael Gallup has 106 receiving yards or if Michael Gallup has 70 receiving yards, it's the same result in terms of the over under on the number here. And just because he's going to be under that number more often than below because of the way that his games are distributed, uh, I think that I think it makes sense to go with the under for Gallup. Yeah, I agree. Any interest in going under that? It's again, three and a half, two and a half. I'd stay away from three and a half, though, just to get four receptions for Gallup in this game as a whole. Any interest going under there? Not really. Um, I mean, we've seen him now four games this year. He's gone over four more in three of them. This is a little bit of a different situation because we do think that the Cowboys are going to be fully healthy. But I feel a little bit better about the under for the receiving yards and the receptions. Lamb has been bumped up now significantly from as we've gone in order here. Everybody else, he's at 75 and a half receiving yards, five and a half receptions. So we don't have Cooper on the board here. We only have Lamb really, and then Gallup into a far lesser extent, Wilson. So again, 75 and a half receiving yards, five and a half receptions for Lamb. Yeah, so I'm going to start by saying this once again. We need an update on Amari Cooper officially before we actually know who is going to uh, be the guys to look at. But it does appear that that CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup are all going to be playing together. And I believe that we've not had a game all season where all three of them finished the game. I think the one game Michael Gallup was healthy earlier, he ended up getting hurt during that game. And then as the season moved on, Gallup finally came back. Then Cooper was out, Lamb was out. So we're finally going to see this Dallas Cowboys team with a full allotment of receivers for Dak Prescott to throw the ball to. Uh, with that in mind, I have a slight lean towards the under on on receiving yards for CeeDee Lamb as well. It's just there's so many weapons in this offense. Lamb, Cooper, Gallup, Schultz, Elliott, Pollard's going to be involved in the passing game. And I think it's maybe a little bit too many mouths to feed for us to think that more often than not, Lamb hits the over there. So under here, but low, lower confidence interval. Real quick, I'm with you as well that I clearly Cooper is trending towards playing, but stranger things have happened. If Cooper is out, who do you go to immediately that benefits of the three exponentially from Cooper's absence? Uh, probably Cedric Wilson, just because the number is so low and he'd be on the field more. I mean, 20 and a half, that's a number that I think is too high with everybody healthy, but then you start to take guys out of the picture and then Cedric Wilson gets those extra, gets those extra routes to run. That makes a lot of sense. And that's why I wanted to clarify that because I think a lot of people may go right to CD lamb and say, Oh, wow, let's pound overs here, but you're right. Much more manageable with lower numbers for Wilson. Deontay Harris, we've got Harris Smith and Callaway to look at here. And then the tight ends, of course, where we end. Let's start with Deontay Harris, 35 and a half receiving yards, two and a half receptions. We're still dealing with a quarterback situation. And all three of these guys on the NHA tournament here that we're looking at have Q tags next to them as well. You said, was it two and a half receptions for Deontay Harris or three and a half? Two and a half for Harris receptions, 35 and a half receiving yards. You know, it's so tough because it's difficult to trust Taysom Hill as the, as a starting quarterback here. But with that said, Deontay Harris has pretty regularly been getting decent amount of targets in recent games. Uh, Last four games, now five targets, five targets, or I'll go six games. Uh, five targets, five targets, four targets, eight targets, seven targets. That's a healthy amount of, of looks that he's getting. Does that change with Taysom Hill as the quarterback? Perhaps, uh, but still, it, it's low number. So I'll feel okay about the over for the receptions just because I don't think that target share is going anywhere. Okay. What about Troy Quan Smith? We're at 40 and a half receiving yards. Same number for receptions at two and a half. Just want to make sure that Callaway, yeah, 
all three of these guys, just so you know, are at two and a half reception. So I'll remind you again when we get to Callaway, but just something to think about. Smith now has been bumped up a little bit. He's at 40 and a half receiving yards. So we haven't projected for the over. We haven't projected for 3.29 catches, but I think this is more of a stay away for me, especially because if we think about how Taysom Hill plays quarterback, remember last year when he was at QB, he was targeting uh, Michael Thomas a ton over the middle. He was throwing these little three, four yard slants to him. So Michael Thomas would come away with games where he'd get targeted like 15 times. He'd have 11 catches for like 60 yards and it was good for PPR points and all that. But he didn't have the most upside in the world. And that is something I think Deontay Harris maybe could do, you know, as a smaller slot receiver, we could see a kind of similar type role. Maybe they'll run design screenplays to him. But Traquan Smith is a little more reliant on getting the ball downfield. And that's not really what Taysom Hill is good at. So we have these numbers projected a little bit on the over for, for, for uh, Smith, but I can't trust it with Hill at QB. All right. Finally, Callaway, again, you're trusting Hill here, and that's the biggest thing. Same number for receptions. 30 and a half receiving yards. It's it's going to be another stay away from me. Marcus Callaway, another guy that's more of a downfield threat. And I think that if I had to guess who's going to get the most targets in the Saints offense tomorrow night, I would say Deontay Harris, just to guess. And it really could it really could be any of these guys. Um, if if I had to rank them in terms of confidence, it'd be Harris one, Callaway two, Smith three. Uh, but once again, I'm I'm going to stay away. I don't really want to have too much to do with the receivers in a Taysom Hill at QB situation. All right, so let's wrap up here. We've got just one tight end to look at here, and it's Dalton Schultz, so nothing on the Saints side. And again, you can't load up on Kamara or anybody else. It's one prop per player. So if you're looking at Dalton Schultz as far as any type of angle, he also is questionable coming into this 45 and a half receiving yards four and a half reception. So let's look at this two ways, right? Cooper's playing or in the rare event that Cooper's out. Well, if Cooper's out, then I think we'd lean slightly towards the overs on Dalton Schultz, but or else I have to look at our projections we have here. And uh, let's just say these are accurate numbers that have been set by no house advantage. Cause we have for receptions, Dalton Schultz projected for 4.44. His number on NHL is four and a half. The receptions number on house advantage, like you said, 45 and a half. We have Dalton Schultz projected for 45.7 yards. When I just see numbers that are that close, we've got about a handful of guys to pick from. I'll, I'll look elsewhere. All right. Same thing with, with both categories or just receptions. Sorry. No, it's same, same for both. We basically have the identical projections, what the prop is. Awesome, brother. I think we finally got everything in on time for the first time. Maybe <laughs> we're improving here. By all means, yeah, we get two thumbs up from Tyler and, and a clap. I love it. Make sure you're following along here. Greg's on Twitter at G Ehrenberg DFS at Shander Show for me. We never promote Tyler's Twitter. What's your Twitter? You should put it out there on the channel. No, oh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't want I, I, I followed Tyler once on Twitter. He's like, you should not do that. I was like, all right. Oh, are you going to go down some like ridiculously crazy rabbit hole? Oh, deactivate. Yeah. Smart man. I'm envious of you that you've deactivated your social. Trust me. All right. Thanks again to NHA. Remember, use that promo code. Awesome. Oh, A-W-E. It is. You're right. A-W-E-S-E-M-O. And we're going to match your first deposit up to 25 bucks. All we ask, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe and follow Greg on Twitter. Damn it. Will you? We'll see you next week.